The Way It Is with Sunan. It's time to look back at the week and I'm joined on the line by Pat O'Neill, former Fine Gael Senator and Sean Butler, Labour Party activist. And uh, thank you both for joining us and I uh, hope you've had a good week and uh, where to start. I mean, uh, will we start with the hottest month on earth for a thousand years, according to uh, NASA. Um, Pat, what do you think? Well, it's pity we wouldn't get some of the heat here now, Sue, at present. I mean, it's raining, it's raining again, I can see it outside. And I think since we had the good weather in June, it's rained nearly every day since then. And the long-term forecast is, I looked up the long-term forecast, we're going to have rain in around Venice Bridge, at Kilkenny area, every day till the 4th of August. That's as far as they go. So we could do with a little bit of heat, but I mean, that's the way it is. And look, I mean, all records are always broken, whether it's a, a world record in running or whatever. Everything records are often broken. And I suppose um, at the hottest July in a thousand years. And, and the people in Europe, I mean, I mean, Italy, Spain, Greece, and all over Central Europe, I mean, the heat they're getting at present is unbearable. I mean, uh, people are losing their lives over it. So look, the thing is, Climate change, everything is supposed to be having an effect on this. And but then we have the, the factors this year. El Nino always has a major effect on weather, and I know that El Nino is in the Pacific, but it does affect the, the weather on our side side of the world as well. And El Nino is starting, and um, um, watching we say forecasts on various channels there. Um, we have a low pressure over Ireland and England. That's why we're having the rain, whereas the high pressure and the Gulf. Uh, the Gulf Stream or the Gulf Airflow is coming up, is blocking uh, the heat from coming to us. But look, the thing is, uh, it's hard to believe that their temperatures are as they are. But and also, we I mean, two years ago, or I mean, or three years ago, on all those uh, fires in Greece, where the Irish man on honeymoon lost his life. I heard his wife in interview on the radio a couple of weeks ago. That must bring back terrible memories for her, and she was badly, badly burnt in that in that incident as well. But look, it's not good. Well, the heat that they're having at present is not good. We'd all like a bit of heat and a bit of sun, but not not to the temperatures that we're having at present. Sean? Yeah, I suppose, Sue, you know, this is glo- it's a direct impact of global warming. Um, and, you know, over the last decade or two decades, we've seen this, I suppose, getting worse and worse. Um, clearly, um, the particularly the heat in southern Europe is is taking lives uh, and it's certainly going to devastate their tourist uh, economy because no one is going to want to be going to Greece in the middle of July and August now to face that heat. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it, it really is if we do need proof, uh, the proof that, you know, we do need to act, that, you know, it's not a case of we can leave addressing climate change uh, and addressing taking steps to the next generation. We now are at the door of Last Chance Saloon. And I think, you know, if we are to try and slow this down, we do need to act and we need to act urgently. And it needs to happen on a global level. Uh, I mean, the weather we're seeing, the extremes we're seeing uh, are, are just getting worse on a very you know slow scale, but, you know, progressively worse. And I do think now, uh, you know, we really all need to refocus on where we're going because, you know, if we continue on this road, it isn't good for future generations. Um, And I think this really needs to be 
a shot in the arm for everybody. Uh, and I'm thinking of people who, you know, oppose things like solar farms and oppose, you know, uh, wind farms, uh, et cetera, locally. You know, really, we do need to refocus. And I, I suppose myself and Pat have had that debate. You know, we either go alternate energy or we go nuclear. But, you know, the, the continued use of fossil fuels and fossil based transport really needs to be phased out. And, you know, on a global scale, that needs to happen. So. Um, let's go a bit happier then. And um, that's as long as you think it is happy. Women, um, Irish women competing for the first time in history, another record in the World Cup in Australia. Did either of you watch the match? Go ahead, Pat. Uh, I watched the match too. Look, I mean, look it was a, okay, a, a loss is never... Uh, a good, a good, a good result. But I thought the display in the second half was very good. We were unlucky that we didn't make an equaliser. You know, what I mean that we at at some stage. I thought we deserved an equaliser. But I suppose after the draw between Canada now and Nigeria, it has put pressure on us. We, I think, we need to beat Canada in the next match in Perth uh, next next week because um, a, a draw won't do us there. Because then we'd have to beat Nigeria to qualify. So I think we'll have to beat Canada and Canada are the Olympic champions. They're the highest rated team in our group. So we were in a very tough group. And, I mean, the support and things like that that the Irish teams got, uh, Irish team had there in the stadium was unbelievable. And also I did send you uh, a WhatsApp of my son being interviewed by Australian television in the fan zone in Sydney. So, look, I mean, the Irish people all over the world, especially in Australia, got behind this team. And, they, and, and for the first occasion at a major final, it was. It'd be great, but it'd be better if we can get to the next round. But I think we have to beat Canada. And this is a younger son, is it, Pat? Well, this is the second son. Yeah, the second lad. Yeah. yeah. And and he's yeah. out there and and was there. Was he was he saying it was brilliant? Uh, the atmosphere out there. Well, I mean, he just said. I mean, he was in the fan zone, and uh, uh, he's been interviewed for Australian television. But I could see with something in his hand. I think uh, he might have had a lot of those as well at that stage. He was. <laughs> He had, he had a thing called a chin in his hand. I think he, he might have had a good view of those at that stage. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, yeah. It was hard to see what he was saying because the whoever took the video kind of cut, cut it off. But um, br- yeah. brilliant that yeah. he's out there to, to, to witness it. What did you think of the football itself, the actual match? But it was good. I mean, I mean, we we were totally committed, and I see um, reading through the phone today, Australians are saying Katie McCabe is is now the the villain that she was over enthusiastic. But sure, I mean, she she's committed as Irish captain. She's committed uh, to try to make this team win, and now she's the person they hate most in Australia that her tackles were too hard on some of the Australians. Look, I I I don't know why maybe. Uh, manager didn't put on uh, Amber Barrett, the person who got the important goal in Scotland uh, over in, in Hampden Park. Um, I think, I mean, we needed a goal, especially with 15 minutes to go, and I think Amber Barrett would have been would have been a, a, an option, but she wasn't used from the bench. Sean, did you watch it? Yeah, I, I did. Well, I, I I was working, but I had it on in the background. Like I think we won't tell anybody. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but I I think the viewing figures speak for themselves. So, like, uh, was it five hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah, watched it uh, on uh, terrestrial television, and nearly four hundred thousand watched it online. 
And I, I do know it, uh, having friends living in Australia, amongst the Irish community in Australia, there's a great buzz. Uh, in fact, a friend of mine, there's a bit of divided loyalties in the house over what team the kids are supporting. But I think for, for Irish women's sport, it's been a tremendous event. I mean, if we said three or four years ago that you know just under a million people would be watching Irish ladies soccer, you'd have been laughed out of the, the park. And I think, you know, if you watch the match, they were competitive up to the last minute and were very unfortunate not to get an equaliser. But I suppose the, the most important thing that's going to come out of this, apart from the results, is now that there was money going in to Irish ladies' sports. I mean, they're looking at a sponsorship deal that is just under a million a year. Uh, and that sort of money going in will help to develop ladies' soccer. But also it shows young ladies or you know, throughout the country that they have a place in sport, which is is vital for kids to get involved in. And I think it has a very positive impact both on the, you know, the Irish community here, but also it gives a connection globally to the Irish community. And that's brilliant. And I look, I think the whole both the diaspora and the you know the people here in Ireland have really got behind the team. And I think, you know, it's just a win-win all around, so. OK, before we get to our own um, hurling this weekend and uh, the excitement is absolutely building, um, Pat, in particular, love to hear your reaction to the Conservatives uh, losing out uh, in two by-elections in the UK. Well, look, the thing is, I mean, English by-elections are notorious and even our own by-elections are notorious. Governments very, very re- win a by-election. And even like with England, with its um, uh, first past the post, it's even more so because if your own supporters don't come out to vote, uh, you're definitely going to lose. And then people that are swayed uh, are going to give the government a kicking. Uh, the, the, the two that they lost, there was over 20,000 majorities overturned. That is alarming, I suppose, uh, for Mr. Sunak at present, uh, Prime Minister Sunak. And that they held on to Boris's seat by 445 votes, I think. Tight margins. I mean, and I, I presume there's been a recount at this stage. But it's, it's a, but governments always get a kicking in by-elections, and it, the Conservative Party will be setting out their stall and trying to. But they're so far behind Labour in their opinion polls at present. Um, I don't know how they're going to even face an election. I, I don't think Mr. Sunak will have one next year. But I think in around two years' time, uh, there may be an election. And the thing is, I think the, the, they're in big trouble. And uh, his policies, he'll have to get his policies right over the next two years and try to get more money into people's pockets if they're going to be, I suppose, have any chance of getting back. But the Conservatives are so long in power there, uh, I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think they'll have a hope in the next year. It's like Fianna Gael here. They're so long in power at this stage. Uh, and I think they're facing a bad election, whether it's the local and Europeans over the next general election. You think so? And this is your yeah. own, belo- your own beloved party. Well, it's. I mean, I, I, I'm speaking the truth, so that's the truth. That's what I'm telling you. That's what you're asking me, Pat or Sean. Well, I, I think if you look at the two that the Conservatives have lost, um, very, very worrying. I mean, their their uh, vote share was down massively, um, and if that was to be reflected across the country they would be facing a virtual wipeout. And I think the one that they held, the Oxbridge site, which was former Boris Johnson, there was a very much a local issue there. Um, and the local issue was that the Labour uh, London Council is looking to extend what they call the ultra-low emissions. So for anyone, say, driving a diesel car, 
you know, if if you, the car is less than say six years old, you'd be paying fifteen euro a day to bring it in um, to London, and the London Council was looking to move that. Uh, out into this constituency. So I think if that hadn't been there, they would have lost this seat as well. And look, I I think, you know, what you're going to see now is a lot of Conservative MPs really looking to, I suppose, shore up their their vote. But I don't think it's going to happen. And I think, you know, the sooner that uh, there is an election in England, the better. But I do think we're in for a period of, you know, instability uh, and infighting in the British Conservatives. But it does you know their core vote literally collapsed in the two seats they they lost. So and there's another by-election to come. So I think you know you're really going to see uh, infighting in the Conservatives, and that's not good for Ireland because it's you know a destabilised UK is bad for Irish business. So who's going up to Croke Park on Sunday? I, I'm unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't ask you both the same question. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I, I'm actually Neither. with my daughter. My, well, my daughter's in the Gale Talk, so we're going over to see her on Sunday. Uh, so it'll be listened to in cars. Uh, but no, look. Uh, I mean, I think there's a huge buzz around the the, the county on it, uh, and I think you know the, with the cool camps on this week as well for young kids, and you know there's a there's a great spirit around it, and. Well, the one thing that all Ireland finals do is to bring a community together, both Limerick and Kilkenny. And I think, you know, you know, for an amateur organisation in an amateur sport, the level of following it gets is tremendous. So. Pat, are you not going either? No, I'm not going. I feel that I'd, I'd see more on television, actually. I'm kind of gone lazy about going to Dublin to matches now at this stage, and I, I think I'll, I'll see more, on, even though I'm very much into the match at this stage. And I, I'm ho- I'm... And the more the week has gone on, the more it got to a positive result. I thought after the semi-finals when I saw Limerick de- demolishing Galway, uh, but then I don't think Galway competed after 25 minutes because I thought Galway were going to win the match. And I think we showed extreme steel to come back against Clare when they did go ahead of us and to hold on and to win the match. But th- we will have to hurry for 70, 75 minutes on Sunday to win this match. We can't have a lapse like we had against Clare because Limerick are an excellent team. And But I think we've improved since last year. Our team has strengthened and it's great to see David Blanchfield named. I don't know whether he'll start or not because what the injury I heard he had, I don't think he, he can start. But it, if, he, if he is able to start, that, that's great. And if he's fully fit, it's great. But Limerick have, are missing two other defenders from last year's All-Ireland. Uh, Sean Finn now and also and now um, um, Declan Hannon, their captain. So that has to be stabilised. And we scored 226 in last year's All-Ireland, which we won any previous All-Ireland in, in, this, in, this, in this country. Mm. So, I mean, I think our forwards are coming right at the right time. I think our superstar, TJ Reid, gave us play for the ages against Clare. Unbelievable. At the his own age. Mm. And I mean, and I, I want to see TJ capturing, getting another Celtic cross on Sunday. And, and because I, but I think... Our bench is stronger than the than the Limerick bench at this stage. We have we have an awful lot of I'm not saying old wily players come on, but a lot of experience on that bench that can come in and uh, make a difference. And being the subs, we, our subs and they did something on the paper last week about it that what our subs have contributed since they came into matches, all matches this year, it, it it's unbelievable. I thought King Kenny did excellently when he came in last mm. last week. You have Walter Wedge, Richard Hogan, Richie Hogan. Killian Buckley, Corey Wedge, they all contributed. 
and we wish Killian the best of luck on Saturday at his wedding. Um, I'm not saying it'll be a low-key event, but um, <laughs> it's unfortunate that... You couldn't um, make it up, GAA, could you? Well, that, well, it's unfortunate that the GAA saw their wisdom to change the dates of the All-Ireland from the re- previous year. There you go. Well, listen, you sound very hopeful, Pat, and I'm presuming that's your good hopeful. news story, is it? Well, well, no, well, no, I haven't really got a good. Well, I haven't got a good news story. I just want to pass a comment. Okay. On, on two issues, one is I, I think is a very amusing story, which I read today is that a person in a, a man in England was sentenced to eighteen months in prison uh, yesterday. You know what he did? He stole two hundred thousand cream eggs. Right. Now, okay. How was he going to get rid of them? I'd like to know. <laughs> but two hundred thousand. 200,000 cream eggs he stole. Now, how is he going to get rid of them? But I would say he had a very sweet tooth. But also, the fact is then the police, Cadbury's were delighted because uh, they were recalled as last February. There would have been a shortage of cream eggs for Easter if, if that had happened. But I, I, that was a new story. But I'm more concerned about what happened to that Dublin tourist uh, yeah. in Talbot Street in Dublin. Yeah. And reading, reading my phone today, it seems a 14-year-old has been identified as one of a gang of 20. And um, three of them especially. Uh, now, parents have to have a responsibility. The guards have to have a responsibility. The judges have to have a responsibility. Because these people seem to be, uh, this gang are terrorising people around that area for the last few months. And there's been numerous 10 or 14 assaults. And it's not just, it's just random. And so we have to change uh, the system of sentencing and things like that. And these are young offenders. And also, also they can't be well, named. We, yeah, and, and we also, also parents, need social workers and, and, and care and places. Yeah. But but that's 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 no play. Oh, he comes from a deprived background and he's had a bad life. We, I mean, you can, you still have to learn that you have to live in society and you can't do what you like. And that's the way I look at it too. And so punishments have to be dished out that are properly that are deterrents to stop these people doing things like that. Sean, finish with your well, good I, news story. A good news story, I think, is the uh, announcement that the town and village renewal scheme is back in operation and the government is making 15 million available to try and, I suppose, do up uh, particularly rural towns who have been neglected for many years and to uh, work on local facilities. And I, I think if COVID has taught us anything, and we all forget COVID at this stage, is, you know, we now live in an environment where we're outdoors more. Um, I see in my own local town here of Callan, things like outdoor seating uh, being brought in. Um, and I, I think, you know, if, if we want to see people engage in their local community, to see, you know, money put in. Now, 15 million, I think, for the country is pittance. But, you know, what we're looking at is parks. We're looking at community facilities. And, you know, yes, there is an issue with young people in areas. But, you know, young people are also great. Uh, and if you give them somewhere to use, you give them somewhere to congregate that's safe and engage in. Uh, and look at the skate park in Kilkenny. And, you know, money spent in local communities, particularly around that, and that engages young people, Sue, really will go a long way. And it's the, you know, it's the own uh, new Labour uh, slogan in Britain. It's OK to be tough on crime, but you have to be tough on the causes of crime. And, you know, if we really want to, and we take the, what happened to that tourist was horrific. And yes, ju- you know, the justice system must play its part. 
but you do need community engagement. You need community structure behind that to engage young people and to divert them from criminality. So I suppose my good news story is that at least the government is putting some money into okay. rural towns to try and bring them forward. OK, well, look, thank you both very much indeed. And we're taking a break um, until for uh, a, a while. Um, so thank you both, as always, for your contribution to the show. Pat O'Neill and Sean Butler, Kermila Mahagov, and have a great rest of the summer. Enjoy your break, Thanks, so. you, you, And you enjoy your break and come on the cats. <laughs> come on the cats. Yes. Thanks very yes. much indeed, Sean and Thanks, Pat. So. Take care, Sloan Gurmila Mahagwev. The way it is with Sunan. 